Welcome to Through a Handler's Eyes. I'm Jo Hilda and I'll be interviewing assistance dog handlers Australia-wide. We won't be discussing legalities or training methods, just the journey of the human and their dog. Today I welcome assistance dog handler Mac and her dog Hab. She's from Victoria and is an owner trainer with the help of a trainer. So how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for inviting me. You're very welcome. Um, you're our first guest, so I'm really pleased to have you. It's very when exciting. did you get your first assistance dog? Um, so Hav is my first assistance dog. I got him two and a half years ago um, and we've been working together since then. And um, what uh, was the influence to you in getting an assistance dog? Um, so I was um, quite ill at the time. I probably didn't actually realise how ill I was. Um, I couldn't get out to the letterbox. I uh, couldn't leave the house without someone with me all the time. And I had gone to a family member's house and they had an autism dog there. And I was having a panic attack and I was curled up on the floor crying and half hysterical. And the dog came up and started doing deep pressure therapy. And it was the first thing in forever that had actually broken through a panic attack for me. So um, my family sat down and said, we think you should look into getting an assistance dog. So tell us a bit about how you went about getting Havoc. Um, so first thing as I did was <laughs> so much research. Like I studied the laws, I studied dog breeds, I studied training, behaviour, tasks. I went crazy, crazy in my research. And um, then I started looking at the specific breeds of dogs and decided on the breed that I wanted um, which is a Staffordshire Terrier, that I saw evidence in other countries that they could do and become amazing assistance dogs. And then I um, went about finding the most reputable breeder that I could find that had the most transparent and honest um, reviews and, and website and um, spoke to them and agreed to purchase a dog through them. Okay, so how old was Hav when you got him? Uh, he was eight weeks on the day. He was um, tiny. Well, <laughs> tiny. And um, tell us a bit about him, about his personality and about So um, him. Hav is a dog that he loves life, like he loves everything everything is something that needs to be explored is something that needs to be looked at is something that brings him happiness and joy nothing um seems to scare him or upset him and yeah he's just he he makes me get up in the morning and look around and look at the world with new eyes <laughs> he really does that's wonderful tell us a little bit about your journey about um how did you go about start training him for a start? Oh, well, um, I, I'd done a lot of research and I quickly discovered that the sheer volume of research that I had done hadn't prepared me <laughs> very well. Um, so I, I started at home um, with, on my own with, you know, the sit and the stay and the look at me and 
all those basic commands and then we went to puppy school and um, we didn't start public access until he was about 13 months old um, and um, quickly found a, a trainer when we could who's just changed everything. So, yeah, um, he's he goes from strength to strength. That's wonderful. And what um, what sort of reaction have you had with the public given his breed? Some people, uh, I would feel, would be a little bit tenuous about it. What sort of reaction have you had? Um, well, surprisingly, it's been the opposite. I expected to get a lot of hostility and have a lot of people not want to come up and say hello to him. It's been the opposite. Everybody loves him everybody wants to talk to him I have people come up and ask if they can have photos and if they can pat him and oh they had they had staffies when they were growing up and they're the most wonderful dogs ever and it's not true what people say about them on the news and it's it my personal area where I shop and where I live um, the people around me are so supportive that they're probably as proud as I am of his accomplishments. Uh, I've gotten really they've lucky. Watched, they've watched the two of you progress. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They've um, they've been there from the start watching, you know, when we went in for a minute and then went in for five minutes and then when we're in there for the first 10 minutes and 15 and, and seeing him do sits and stays and as his behaviour has progressed and gotten better and better, they have just, you know, they, they adore him. I got really lucky to have such supportive people around me. That's excellent. So in general, your public access experience has been pretty positive. Um, have you had any negatives? Yes, I have had some some negative experiences, not many. Um, the, the one big one was that um, the first time that I took Havoc into a shopping centre, um, we were um, unfortunately fake spotted. And fake spotting is um, the practice of where um, assistance dog handlers um, identify other assistance dog handlers and their dogs as not doing or behaving in a manner that they they themselves have decreed that these dogs should behave in and they then out them on the internet. It was my first time in a shop and his, like, like together, I was terrified. I kept expecting people to yell at me and tell me to get out. We're in there for all of two minutes going in and out. It was really just really unlucky and bad timing that we crossed the other handler's path and I went about my day I thought nothing of it and then I got a um, message a couple of hours later with it on Facebook so yeah and how did that make you feel uh, I felt completely betrayed um, by the people out there I'm it took me three months to get back into public access and it took even longer for me to stop looking around to make sure that there were um, certain people around me. I was always forever wandering around going, who's who's making comments, who's posting on Facebook, who's doing this, who's doing that, you know, always paranoid of my behaviour and his. And um, it, it, it really damaged our public access training in a really negative way. Um, yeah, I... I'm, I don't like it. I don't like the practice. I think we should all stick together 
we're all disabled. Yes, just do ourselves. Yep. So what has been the best part of this journey for you? The best part has been the change in myself um, and my abilities. Uh, like I said previously, I was uh, couldn't go anywhere on my own. So now having the ability to go places on my own and have my independence back but have someone or well have 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 with me who makes me feel safe and makes me feel not alone um it's also the fact that because of him I haven't self-harmed in nine months he stops panic attacks when they happen um I've taught him to guide me out of places if I get too overwhelmed so he can do that as well which is just made the overall being able to access public spaces it's made it so much safer for me and that's wonderful yeah so it's given you a life yeah yeah it really has um how um have your friends and family reacted to you having an assistance dog um really well they, like I said, they're the ones that suggested it in the first place. They've been really supportive of um, of what he's doing. Um, my sister's just had a baby, so we've spent the last couple of months um, training have to be around this newborn infant, and he just absolutely adores her and is so calm and so gentle. And he's never met a baby before he met her, so I'm just absolutely stoked and over the moon that he's just such a great dog, you know. That's great because that means you've done a really good job there with him. Yeah. Um, Okay, what piece of advice would you give someone that you wish you had had when you first started on this journey? Um, one, uh, I'd have two pieces of advice. One would be for training, would be look at the um, fundamentals, meaning the the relationship and building the the dog wanting to be with you, rather than getting the sits and the stays and all that stuff. I I wish I'd done that first. And the second part would be do your do you don't worry about what everybody else is thinking or saying or or expecting you to do, don't listen to everybody who's who says, oh, I've trained dogs before and and all that. Just focus on your path because you know your dog better than anybody else and you know your disability better than anyone else. So just do yes. you. Um, apart from that terrible um, incident, apart from the fake spotting, what has been your biggest challenge? Um, my biggest challenge has been um, training with my disabilities. So I was, like I said, I was agoraphobic. I couldn't get out of the house. I needed people to be with me at the time, all the time. Um, trying to train a dog to be in public access and and need to do the social things that the dogs need to learn was really hard I it became an effort in training myself and the dog at the same time and at times I would push too hard and I would end up quite ill um but yeah it I, yes, I wouldn't that's change the it. Hard, that, yeah that's the hard part isn't it training 
that public access when you don't like public access yeah, yourself. Yeah. Um, now, what's the best thing about having an assistance dog? The best thing? Oh, just, you know, you're not alone. You're always, I've always, always just felt alone, even in a crowd, even with everybody around me. But there is this wonderful four-legged animal that is just my absolute best friend who just wants to be with me and helps me get through the day and and every time I he achieves something we celebrate and every time I achieve something we celebrate because I he couldn't do what he does without me and I couldn't do what I can without him now almost yeah. you know symbiotic symbiotic relationship now <laughs> that's wonderful thank you so much for talking to me no, thank you for um, having me. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you've got any questions or you would like to be a guest, email me at eyes at gmail.com. Bye.